Jamil for Real presents the X's and Oh No NFL podcast featuring your host Jamil and How you doing? Guy. Yeah. This guy. <laughs> yeah. Incomparable. It's, it's yes. I said it's me. It's Josh. Yes. Uh it's me. It's Josh. Yes. Well, no, I, I'm not Josh. I'm I'm me, Jim. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we're we're having uh yeah we're uh t- today we're getting to the last of the offensive shows and uh, yeah, so we're double dipping with the NFC North and the NFC South. We're gonna save the NFC North till the end because um uh because we know that uh, the Green Bay Packers might go for a little bit today. So um. So yeah, going into this and everything, uh, we we will start off with the NFC West. But uh, you know, first things first. Hello, thank you all, all for tuning in, and thank you for being a part of this. Uh, I hope you're enjoying our little bit of a marathon that's going on before the season begins, and uh, hope you'll be joining us this coming Thursday night when football starts, and we will do our first official Football Friday show, uh, Thursday edition, right? Uh, uh, we when we do it on Saturday, we call it special Saturday edition. On on Thursday, it's um, I don't know too too early Thursday edition. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knows? Like I don't know. The acronyms just don't work. But uh, it's part of our uh, you know special getting started for the season. So I hope you guys tune in and and are a part of our Thursday night live show. Uh, Zoom link will be available on Facebook, and uh, I would be remiss if I did not bring up uh, the events of. It's it's been it's been a week, uh, almost a week since it's happened. But yesterday, when when we let off the show, we failed to mention Brian Robinson and uh, the the tragic events that happened last weekend. And uh, um, and thankfully, you know, uh, thankfully that they didn't end up being as awful as they could have been. Uh, it was great to see that he was uh, he was back in the training facility. That he has the high spirits and that. Uh, uh, and, and that there is a rec- uh, timetable t- for recovery. And, you know, we're not going to go into that. Uh, that We're not going to go into fantasy values or anything. It, it, it's just good to see that somebody who was a uh, who, who was essentially a victim of armed robbery that um, I, I, I'm i not sure they no They're still at large and everything to, uh, the last time I checked. But uh, yep. it's it's good to see that um, not only did, did he survive, but uh, he's not going to allow it to be the setback that. Um, the that destroys anything so um yeah um even after getting shot multiple times so it's just a testament and yeah anything to say uh other than we wish brian robinson his family and his teammates and his friends really well and hope the recovery is very smooth and easy yeah that's pretty much it you know gotta yeah. be honest a little cynical part of me thought it you know so perfect, you know. It's an hour uh, hour after he gets announced as a starter and he gets shot. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it it's kind of um, yeah. Th- 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 there th- there are definitely dark sides to this, uh, but at, at the same time, it's um, you know, it, uh, our job is not to speculate on that on on those portions, but. But rather just be thankful, and, and our job is also not to spec speculate on his fantasy or his, uh, you know, uh, betting value for the rest of the season. It's to, uh, at this point, 
uh, we'll, we'll wait until he comes back and tells us he's ready for that. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, jumping right in, let's let's get started here. Uh, um, the NFC West leads off with the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, right now when I'm when I'm looking at this, we we saw that late season swoon that carried over into the playoffs and had them losing in in the first round to the Rams and. I don't know. A lot of some of it was a Kyler Murray injury. Some of it was a DeAndre Hopkins injury, um, and uh, you know a lot of that could be said. Yeah, but you got to focus on on the fact that when the team was healthy and when the team was together, that they were uh, they were nine and zero at one point in time last year. But nine that nine and zero start seems a long ways away, and they have a schedule this year that was brutal. Uh, th- that's absolutely brutal. They uh, obviously they play their division, which is not an easy division by any stretch. Yes, it got a little easier without Russell Wilson in it, but they're going to be playing Russell Wilson this year, and they're playing the full AFC West this year. And honestly, when when I'm jumping into this, I don't want people to think that uh, I'm bashing the Cardinals for the uh for the sake of it, but simply pointing out, it's kind of like they are a team that has shown um mental instability down the stretch at the point in time when they needed to toughen up and win games, they were not able to do it. And they start this season, six games without Deandre Hopkins. Let's before we hit Kyler Murray, let's talk Hollywood Brown. I don't see Hollywood Brown making the difference that, that, De, uh, that Deandre Hopkins, um, w- would have made if he was playing those six games. This isn't me saying that, I don't uh I don't trust Hollywood Brown for the full season, though there were many times last year where I feel he failed the Ravens on a deep ball that he dropped that he should have caught. Um, what about you? Can Hollywood Brown be a suitable replacement at all for the first six weeks? Or or are a lot of people just thinking way too highly of something that hasn't been in quite a few years? Yeah, I <clears throat> I don't think Hollywood Brown's a suitable replacement there. In fact, I I liked his under at 895 yards this year. Okay. Because yeah, I, thought that was a little, I thought it was inflated to begin with, and then when you add that D-Hop will be coming back, I was like, yeah, it's, I think that number's too high. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's one of those things where, uh, and the whole reason for pointing out the whole six-week thing at the beginning, it, it, it's mainly because it's it, if we don't know what it's going to be for the first six weeks, how can we pretend we know it's, what it's going to be for 17? And how much of the struggles were uh, were Kyler Murray missing, DeAndre Hopkins missing, or, or both missing, you know, when, when everything was going down last year? And to be honest... Um, I, I think the jury's still out on that, and I'd be prepared for the Cardinals to really struggle these first six weeks of the season, which is why I don't trust playing any over for any Arizona Cardinal. Um, and I, I know that sounds crazy because some of the Murray numbers aren't all that bad, but um, well, let's jump back to Kyler Murray for a moment. Doesn't it seem like Kyler Murray is the type of quarterback that will always find a way to be nearly elite, but will always have a good excuse why he wasn't that year. Yeah. It, I know it's been pointed out kind of a lot of it as a, as a joke, but his numbers after call of duty comes out are so much worse. And I don't actually think it correlates too much to the video games. I just think it's second half. Kyler Murray's just not as good. 
you know, as as the defenses have ramped up more and then the wide receivers are losing a step, it looks like Kyler's also losing that step with them. Yeah, and I, I'm not I'm not saying that he's not a top ten quarterback, and you know I'm not saying that he, he he's not a really good quarterback, but I I feel like I I feel like guys like and uh, yeah I, I feel like there are so many guys in this league that when things get worse for their team and they get worse for their offense that those quarterbacks get better, and Kyler Murray is not in that category in my opinion, which is why it's hard for me to just trust most of this offense as a whole. Um, the one person I do trust on this offense to potentially hit some overs is, uh, is the fact that it seems like James Conner has a backfield to himself that has been shared over the course of the last few years. Unless Cliff Kingsbury is going to change his whole game plan based on only having one guy, uh, I could see that I could potentially see an over getting hit with James Conner, but not, not enough for me to want to play anything. Uh, because you know the promising preseason from you know Benjamin, you know may- maybe maybe it only takes the first James Conner injury because we all know he's missing a game or two somewhere to uh, for Eno Benjamin to flash a little and suddenly oh wow we're back to being uh, a platoon at running back so I don't know uh do you trust anything with that James Conner uh, Eno Benjamin potentially backfield or do you think this is his backfield or do you think it might be a split? I think it's mostly going to be James Conner. He's going to miss a few games, like you said. But I think mostly it's going to be him. I think I'm excited to see what he can do. Well, th- then but, you, um, might, you might play a uh, you might play a um, a Conner over then. Okay, let's pull no, up. The only, no, the rushing over I actually I played here for the Cardinals is uh, <clears throat> sorry, Kyler Murray going over six and a half rushing touchdowns. Yeah. I think six and a half is a really low number for him. So that's the only rushing uh, play I actually like. If I were to pick another one, it would be the under. Now, uh, why do you like the six and a half? Because they, inside the five yard line, they very routinely hand off to the running back. No, it's it's six and a half for Kyler. Oh, yeah. You know, no, I said they very routinely hand off to the running back inside of the five yard line. Yeah, that's inside the five. Oh, okay. I like, I like Kyler, you know, from the 5 to the 10, 5 to the 15, you know, that kind of area. Yeah, the, the, the nice 12-yard scamper into the end zone. I could definitely see that. Okay, so, you know, we try Who's... we try to give these. Um, I, I, I do think that uh, – let, let me pull up uh, the rushing touchdown total because I, I do want to try to give you guys something that I would play from here, even though, honestly, I'm avoiding the Cardinals because I think the six – the, the the six game suspension is is a lot bigger than than most people are are, are talking about. So with that said, uh, the guy scored eighteen rushing touchdowns last year, not just because it, it was uh, not just because it was him, but because the system hands off to the running back inside inside of the five yard line. James Conner at nine and a half touchdowns. Actually, that seems like a play anyway. Because even in a bad season, I could see him having 12 this year. So, yeah, I'll play the over on uh, James Conner at nine and a half. Uh, is there anything you want to touch with DeAndre Hopkins, Rondell Moore, so on and so forth? Uh, is DeAndre uh, Hopkins going on a revenge tour when he gets back because he feels he was unjustifiably suspended? 
I don't. There's no props that you can play with with him yet, are there? Yeah, no, there's not. Um, but I think you're looking something. Who's the tight end in Arizona? Uh, there's a few. Uh, there's Zach Ertz. Uh, there's uh, and then there's a couple of guys behind him that uh, that have flashed promise. Uh, but you yeah, know, Zach so, Ertz is definitely someone we should, we should talk about. Yeah, <laughs> Ertz's Ertz's t- uh, yards this total is six fifteen. Ertz's total is only six fifteen. Six fifteen and four and a half touchdowns. And he was like tight end four last year when he switched over from Philly to Arizona. Yeah, so it's six fifteen with four and a half touchdowns. I like both those overs. Why am I why am I wrong on that? Uh you're you're not wrong with that, other than I've been so focused on I, I've been so like you know how occasionally you just leave somebody out in the in the conversation because you're so focused on it being down for Murray Hopkins and, and, and the rest of the receivers and uh the, the running back room is kind of interesting. Um I will completely forget I will completely admit that I was sinking Trey McBride this whole offseason with with Arizona and um yeah I don't know why I wasn't why I wasn't thinking Zach Ertz uh, that 625 is is definitely something that it's going to hit and how many touchdowns again four and a half uh, you know I, I again I will I don't like playing Cardinals receivers which with touchdowns I'm I'm going to stick with that statement I know four and a half is a very low number but I am again I am hesitant because um Kingsbury is a pretty predictable head coach and maybe that's some of the some of the problems with this Arizona Cardinal team uh he he's almost formulaic in a sense and I'm not sure especially after D-Hop is back I'm not sure how uh, how easy it will be to even get five touchdowns for for any of the receivers except D Hop. I don't know, but I could understand somebody playing it. Yeah. Um. Do you have? Do you put any stock into any of these other guys? Uh. The, um. Wow. Who is the guy who? They have a Crosby also, right? Yeah. They, uh, yeah. And do, do you think there's any stock in any of these other uh, tight ends, or you, you're pretty sure it's all Zach Ertz this year? It, it's going to be Zach Ertz. If, if there's a different tight end that you're going to run in there, it's going to be for the. Uh, I'm sorry, is that a pop tart? <laughs> okay, um, it's going to be just for the well, pop tart you know, doesn't play us, so let's call it a pop tart type thing. <laughs> yeah, so I think. Uh, if you bring in another tight end, it's just going to be for Pat, uh, for Russian, you know. Okay. Also, Zach wife's uh, Zach Ertz's wife is one of the coolest people to follow on social media. She's always she's got she has she posts content that will make you think. And she's a better athlete than him. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so Arizona's win totals listed at eight and a half this year. I'm not saying Arizona's a bad team. I, I need to clarify that. I don't think Arizona's the mentally tough team that's going to get things done down the stretch when they need to. And they're playing a murder throw schedule this year. I'm under on the eight and a half. Yeah, I'm also under eight and a half. I, I could realistically see them losing four games within their division. Yeah. 
And if there was four in their division and then they have to go play the AFC West. Yeah, even they, if they get upsets in, in, in two in two of those in two of those eight games, they still they're still starting two and six. And they're still playing other NFL teams that are in a similar situation to them, a little better situation than them, you know, along the way. It's going to be very easy to pick up another four losses along the way and end up with a seven and 10 record this year. So there's a. Um... God. Uh, oh, no, that's that's all Wait. I have to say on that. You have anything to no, add on can... Arizona? No, we can move on. Okay. Well, you were just going to say something. What were you going to say? Uh, I will save it for another team later in this episode. All right. So next we are moving on to the Los Angeles Rams, our, our defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. And uh, yeah, there's they're one of the two teams that will be kicking off the, uh, the, the Thursday night uh, game with this season and uh, looking really excited for that. Maybe at the end of the show we'll give uh, – a few Rams and Bills props for that game. I don't know, or maybe we'll just do that in the pregame before the uh, before the other show. Um, yeah, um, I feel like we should definitely save that because only one of us had that thought. So yeah, that that, that that's fair. So we'll save it for the pregame of the actual show. You have to tune in and be part of the live experience in order to get uh, our our props for the Thursday night football game. But even but, if you uh, miss it live, you should listen to it later and find out how wrong we were. Yeah. Uh Matthew Stafford. Obviously, let's start at the top. Or is or is the top Cooper Cup? I don't know. Which one is it? Is it is it the guy who had the unbelievable uh, rice-like season last year? Or is it uh or is it the quarterback who's the leader of the franchise? Well, where do you want to start? Stafford or Cup? I want to start with Stafford. Okay, let's start with Stafford. Here, jump jump right in. Let's start uh, go for it. Was was the arm injury news or is that noise? How how serious is that going to be all season? I I have it as noise. Yeah, so he's getting some injections there. I I think it's going to be nagging, but no more than he had last year, probably. Yeah, but you know we we got to remember too. This is a guy who has played through injury, like Matthew Stafford. Like I I I know that I'm I'm someone who uh, has routinely said that I I don't put him amongst the truly elite. The last year he just kind of proved me wrong. Uh, overall. That door needs to be closed, please. Um. So if, if he does another season, I'll put him amongst the the, the, the truly elite elite of the league. But one thing you can't take from him he he is as tough as any player in the sport. To be completely honest, and even a nagging injury, I I don't have problems with Matthew Stafford potentially having a nagging injury. What like it's it, it it's not like it's not like his game is based off of um. It is based off of taking a uh, a lot of hit, a lot of extra hits or whatnot, uh, and he has a receiver core that is going to allow him to get the ball out. Like, and he has a decent line. I, I don't. He's going to take less hits than the uh, than the average quarterback, and he's tougher than the average quarterback. That's why the nagging uh, a nagging injury is not problematic for me. I said too much there, though. Um, it sounded like you were looking to jump in. No, I, I think that Stafford's a great play here. His touchdown total of 34.5, I think, is, is high. So I'm avoiding that. And I also had to avoid his yard total at 4,500. Uh, 
I think those are both so perfectly placed that it makes Stafford really unplayable for me. Uh, I will agree with that. Like uh, I said, all the I gave Stafford all that praise, but uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, even with the seventeen-game season, it's like do we? I don't think we really think Cooper Cup's going to put up the same numbers that he put up last year, right? Uh, probably. I I can't see how. Yeah, yeah, because he's going to be getting the double and triple team treatment from the end of the year. I do think it aids uh, some other uh, receivers on the team. But at the same time, when, when I'm looking around, um, you know, and, you know, Cooper Cup could prove us wrong. He could he could suddenly become one of the best receivers in NFL history. But in order, I think we have we would we would agree if he duplicates those numbers, he's in the conversation of one of the best receivers in NFL history, not just the NFL. Um, so, and r- right now somebody's looking and saying, Oh, you better, you better not make comparisons to like uh, rice Moss or anything like that. But, it's, but it's kind of like who, who really, it's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to, uh, to, to any of those guys because those guys did it over the course of their full career. But, but if he starts putting up close to 2000 yards for a three or four season stretch, like he's got it right. <laughs> um, with that said, we're not predicting that, and without without predicting that, it's going to be very hard to play these Matthew Stafford numbers. I one hundred percent agree with that. Um, and then uh, just pulling up the receiving yards numbers for Cooper Cup. How much? It's, uh, it's thirteen hundred. Okay, thirteen hundred. He would have to. He would have to regress by almost a third in order to uh, go as low as thirteen hundred, right? Yeah, we don't see that. He he's definitely uh, getting the thirteen hundred, <laughs> right? Yeah, I saw that and I was like, "That's only thirteen one hundred yard games." Yeah, and I was like, "That that still spots in four, where he could put up a blank." You know, like yeah, thirteen hundred. I feel that's easily done for him. Very easily done. And then, as far as uh, a touchdown total for him, we have we are sitting at the uh, uh, eleven and a half, yeah, eleven and a half touchdowns. I'm not sure how much I trust playing a touchdown total number. Um, I <sighs> over eleven and a half is very hard to play, right? Mm-hmm. Like we could see him going over it and just not have a. Uh, uh, and just not to have uh, the cojones to uh, <laughs> to, yeah, to hit eleven and a half, right? Part of those where I could see him going at eleven and a half, but since we don't have to take something for everybody, yeah, I'm not going to take that because I also, you know, he could get the thirteen hundred and not get the eleven and a half. Yep, he he could get the fifteen hundred and not get the eleven and a half. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I just don't like it. Uh, I also think he's going to have a harder time breaking those deep type runs open because teams, I think, are going to put the safety on his side and just, uh, you know, tell the safety not to leave him. <laughs> on his side. Which side is that? He can he can go from one side of the field to the other pretty quickly, probably faster than the average safety in the NFL. Yeah. You could just tell the guy not to move. That's what I would do. <laughs> Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, moving on to the second target in this uh, Rams offense. Um, 
Talk to me about Allen Robinson. How do you feel? I like it for him because I think he's going to get the Odell type treatment. Uh-huh. Where Cooper Cup just is taking so much of the attention away from him that it ends up happening. It ends up happening just by you know happenstance that he he gets his numbers. What ends up happening? Like, um, be a little more specific on 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 the what as opposed to the it. Like so he, I have, what's his yardage total? Eight twenty-five. And oh that. yeah, I think I I think he gets eight twenty-five and a half just because I think Cooper Cup's going to take enough away that he's going to just have the middle of the field for the medium yard pass passes all day. So the uh, so none of the stuff concerns you uh, factoring in the age and the. Well, okay, so I, I guess what is your take on what happened with Chicago last season with Allen Robinson? Justin Fields. I mean, so why did Darnold really do so well? Because Justin Fields really liked him. <laughs> he walked on him. I mean, you, you ever play Madden? It's like when you know that you got a good receiver, so you keep throwing that at guy. But also, well, what did Stafford do with Odell Beckham Jr.? I wouldn't when a lot of people were already writing them off. Okay, so a few things really quick. On this show, we have made comments in recent shows where we thought that um, Baker Mayfield, because he left the Browns, is going to do better. Jarvis Landry, because he left the Browns, might do better. So is the Odell thing, the fact that Odell left the Browns, or is the Odell thing that the thing uh the fact that he got paired with Stafford because or or is it potentially both and uh and the Rams just make you better while the while the Browns make you th- uh that much worse yeah i think it was a town around him in los angeles right like it wasn't odell that got that much better it was the town around him was just so superior to what he had been playing with before so we might not be expecting big things out of Baker and, and Landry this year then, right? We might not be. But I still like Baker. So, yes, I'm saying Baker's in for a big year. <laughs> okay. Uh, for, for me, I, I'm I'm not playing anything on Allen Robinson. Uh, if I get proven wrong, I get proven wrong. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking that hard of a stance against him. I, I don't have any stock in him whatsoever. And I don't feel that that's going to hurt me, especially since fantasy hat for a moment. I feel like he was one of those players who every draft I was in was just kind of reached for by someone in our league who might be uh, whose name might rhyme with uh, Babe Dak. Um, <laughs> so it so I never had to make the decision on um, on 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 Allen Robinson. But um, with with that said, it's I'm not sure I would have been comfortable making the decision at that point. Because there's enough to to there's enough to make me think that something uh that that this could be a um Van Jefferson or a Tutu Atwell because I do like the talent behind Allen Robinson too, and when it comes down to it, re-signing OBJ after the injury it, uh is taken care of and um when they're officially on their uh, getting ready for their playoff run and everything seems like a very Rams thing to do mm-hmm. at this point in time. And I have far more confidence in OBJ than I do in Allen Robinson. So if Allen Robinson's getting demoted to the three role there, 
I would say that Allen Robinson could very much fail uh, f- fail the uh, the betting numbers and fail you just in time for the uh, NFC uh, for the fantasy playoffs because OBJ was brought back. Does that make sense? It makes sense if OBJ is able to get back that early. Yeah. So th- those are my hesitations on Robinson. Uh, jump into so the back. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I didn't even write down any numbers for Robinson because I, I just didn't think anything there was that playable. Okay. What do you got for Cam Akers? What do you think of that? Uh, as far as Cam Akers, uh, yeah, Cam Akers is the most confusing player in the um, – is a top five most confusing player in the league for me, mainly because you've uh, – well, here, answer this question really quick. Is, does Sean McVay like to go with multiple running backs, or does he like to go with a lead running back? I don't know. Is he? I mean, when it was just Gurley, he liked he liked having a lead back. Yeah, but he also filtered in Malcolm Brown a lot more than than, than we thought he did. Right, the one than we right. thought he should at that point in time. It is very confusing, though, figuring out whether McVay likes to go with one workhorse. Because I, I've heard both arguments for this, and both arguments are correct. McVeigh sometimes likes to go with the with the workhorse running back, and sometimes likes to split up go between three. And you know, someone might say there's no way both answers can be correct, but without going back over the last five years and watching every Rams game over the course of the five years, I I remit the, the cases that are used to defend one way or the other, I remember very clearly from the last five years. Does that, does that make sense? So right yeah, now, I'm not sure. Oh, oh yeah. You I, was gonna say, I think McVay's just co- coaching to the talent he's got at that moment. With, if that's the case, I have to believe Daryl Henderson's getting third downs. Because Daryl Henderson is a better pass catching back than Cam Akers. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I think Cam, uh, not Cam, Daryl Henderson lost that backup role by the middle of the season, though. But it's not the backup role; it's it's the third down role. Uh, do, why 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 would Daryl Henderson lose it? Give us a good reason. Because Kyron Williams has better hands better route running ability and is faster okay so it's not going to cam Akers either way no it's going to go to kyron williams okay okay so for the cam Akers argument this this is still the same thing so the question is can the guy get 895 yards and a half being a two down back right right on an offense that likes to throw first mm-hmm that number seems very appropriately placed, right? It does, and I would say I'd probably actually lean to the under if I had to lean one way or the other. But we don't have to, right? <laughs> right, we don't have to. We've already we've already played Cooper Cup. Um, looking at this touchdown total, uh, seven and a half touchdowns, um, is something that I I think if if we were going to do something with Acres, that I, I I think it is within the range of something that. Uh, Acres will be scampered in for because I correct me if I'm wrong. It, it, there is no pure goal line back on that team. More than likely, Acres is getting those goal line touches, right? Right. Yep. 
Uh, there is no wide receiver. Uh, well, who's the biggest wide receiver on the team? Um, is it Robinson? I was going to say it has to be Robin. It would have to be Robinson. I don't know who else it would be. And Robinson isn't 100% known as being one of the great short yardage NFL tar- uh, end zone targets, right? Like, I'm not remembering something weird with him. Like, here, well, you, you say something about the goal line situation while I look <clears throat> up a Robinson site. I think that the Rams are a weird team because they don't have a guy that I think is a power back. I don't look in their backfield and see a guy that I'm like, yeah, fourth and one, that's the guy I'm giving the football to right now. So I'm in, I, I'm interested to see what they do there. I wouldn't completely throw out the idea that the Rams go kind of outside the box and almost use a Vita Vea type player. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and that's part of the thing. That's part of the unpredictability of uh, talking Rams anyway. McVay is so much more of a genius than either either of us are. Um, mm. Allen Robinson's six foot three. So, yeah, he, he is going to have leverage quite a bit. But I, I don't. I don't ever really remember Allen Robinson being referred to as a guy who is unstoppable inside of the five yard line, unlike other receivers that uh, that that have height. So I it, Cam Akers is going to be getting those touches. If uh, if you want to play something, Cam Akers, I think the seven and a half touchdowns is is very is very doable. I, I'm at a little bit of pause on it. Um, so I I think I've said this before. I would not recommend you to play anything that I wouldn't play. I'm not going to play that, but I have no problem telling you that I, I don't think it's bad to buy. So, um, le- leaving that there at that, uh, the, uh, you know, the thing you said with Daryl Henderson and Kyron Williams, uh, I could definitely see it happening. Um, you know, so once again, it just, I, I think that really what it comes down to with this McVay offense that it's always going to be uh, about who gives them the best chance to win during that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's only, there's only one, uh, there, uh, there's only one um, head coach in this league. That's probably going to frustrate you more than him. And we're going to be talking about that guy next. <laughs> so, you know, what's your, uh, we'll go to the Rams win total. And then, uh, I'm going to throw in a college football thing that happened today that I want to get J-Mill's instant reaction to, and okay. then we'll move on to the next team. So what, what do you got for the win total? I can't remember what it is. The Rams are at 10 and a half, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, I have them right at that 11 win total, so let's let's play it. Let's do it. Yeah, I actually, I went with the under. Oh, really? I, I look at their out-of-division schedule, and I'm like, oof. That's a little rough. And then there's – I really like the 49ers this year. And uh, I, don't, I don't want you to sleep on the Seahawks either. They, they might be able to give up – they might be able to chase for a split there. Well, the Ram, Rams beat the Seahawks when when the Seahawks were good and the Rams were bad. So I, I'm not too concerned about the Rams losing to the Seahawks. But oddly enough, when I when I predicted out the, the schedule, I did give the Seahawks two division wins. I gave them an upset on San Fran, and I gave them a, a, a win over Arizona. Um, oh, no, I didn't give them a win over Arizona. I just gave them an upset over San Fran. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know what it is. It it just felt right the week I was doing it, and you have to give the the, the team an upset somewhere, right? Yeah, um, they have to have one. Everybody gets one. So the Rams are not your number one 
seed in the division. They're not. Okay, so we both have Seahawks at four, Cardinals at three, and I had Rams beating the 49ers on tiebreakers. So we also don't have the same fourth team. Oh, so you have the Cardinals at four. I do, and then I have the Seahawks at three. Interesting that 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 uh I mean the Rams 49ers thing is so freakishly close. Um it, I I I I gave and it's odd because last year I was 100% on the whole uh 49ers finishing ahead of the Rams. Um to to not be so gung-ho this year it, it it's kind of interesting but at the same time I I I think the Rams proved enough to me to where and it's not like the 49ers schedule is that much easier than the Rams. But let's move on to the 49ers because this well, is the guy who's – Before well, we do that, I need your reaction. Before we do this. that, boom. Yeah, I need to get your reaction from something that happened today. Okay. The University of Iowa is is a big Big Ten school. They're a massive defensive powerhouse. Yep. They, they were going up against the University of South Dakota State today, a very small regionalized D3. This final score was seven to three, and neither team scored a touchdown. We had a field we had a field goal from South Dakota State, followed up by a field goal from Iowa, and then the final two scores of the game were safety, safety. Have have you ever seen a game where a team wins by after and and has two safeties? <laughs> yeah. Warms my heart. <laughs> in the modern era of football that we are in right now, that literally two safeties could have won a game that had no touchdowns in it. This warmed my heart. (laughs) I believe in football again. When I, uh, when I saw that, I was watching it earlier and it was five, three at that point, I was going to bring it up to you and it just flashed across my screen that it it was seven, three with two safeties. (laughs) I was like, I've got to make sure John hears about this, and I see his reaction first. But by the way, I I do have to add the whole you're a Division One school playing a Division Three school, and you couldn't, and your offense couldn't bother to score a touchdown, like even yeah. one. Like I I gotta say something off of that. But uh, you know, your defense scoring two safeties good for your defense. Uh, th- though I feel like uh, what's this? If your defense is really that good, why'd you give up the field goal? <laughs> So, like, <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, a D three school, right? <laughs> so, um, moving on though, to let's talk about the 49ers, a team with what I think is a great defense. Uh yeah, the 49ers have an excellent defense. Like, it's um, it, it, you know, I'm not uh, no disrespect to the Rams, but uh, the 49ers have the best defense in the in the division, and it's actually not even close. So, <laughs> um. Uh, no disrespect to Aaron Donald. I don't want this to be taken as something where I'm crapping on Donald because I am not. It's just they are that they now play defense at all three levels on the field. So um, and not to mention that that linebacker core that they have put together that that actually gets used uh, efficiently in today's NFL um, is the lethal is the most lethal three man trio in the league. Um, and they finally have people in the secondary that can do more than just tackle after they give up a big play. 
So with that said, there is going to be a lot of ball control on the 49ers side uh, on the 49ers side of the field with the offense. You're you're playing a uh, you're playing a effectively a rookie quarterback because even though he has an NFL season where he's sprinkled in and out, he also didn't just didn't play he didn't play much before that at all in high school or college. So let's 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 treat Trey Lance like a rookie who's who's had an extra long off season. So you're not going to be airing it out right off the bat. Your defense is going to put you in spots where you can literally play a ball control style of game. And um, mm-hmm. as the season progresses, I do expect uh, the the numbers to go uh, the numbers to go up as far as passing goes. But I don't think that I expect uh, the rushing totals to, to dip at all. Um, Let's let's start with a simple question. 49ers could on average control the the ball for 42 minutes a game, right? So why do you well my, my question, I think we have to start a little before that. Why did you re, why did you not trade Jimmy G? Or and why did you restructure his deal to make sure that he can stay with your team for this year? If you've got Trey Lance and you believe in Trey Lance, why did you make sure why is Jimmy G still there? Because nobody offered for Jimmy G what they wanted for Jimmy G. So you'd rather pay the guy than cut him? Uh, well, the restructure does put him. Uh, the restructure does put him in a range to where, um, he he's not affecting anything. Like, it's pretty clear that Trey Lance is a guy by by the numbers on the restructure. Like, I, I, and and I get it. It we we'd be thinking very if if Jimmy G was completely gone, uh, that we could. That's that question that you just asked could have been completely silenced and whatever doubt any of us have, because th- there is some level of doubt in my mind. Um, but I, I want to I, I don't think this is an indictment on the 49ers offense either way. Like this is not an indictment on. Uh, on anything that's going to go on other than Trey Lance, because let's say the worst case scenario does happen. And Jimmy G takes over for Trey Lance this year. Let's just mm-hmm. ch- chase that rabbit. That This team is better than the team that went to the Super Bowl. All around, it's better than that team. They This team could still be a Super Bowl team with a with a, with a familiar GM, uh, uh, with a familiar Jimmy G or with an improved Trey Lance. Right? Right. So, I actually, um, that that's why I was so comfortable giving them the division and also still going out and saying, I'm taking Trey Lance's under a 3,500. I'm taking Trey Lance under the uh, 21 and a half touchdowns. And I'm taking Trey Lance under five and a half rushing touchdowns. Wow. And I want to put all of that right on. I mean, they don't have Jimmy G numbers, but give me Jimmy G starting by week eight. Because if it, they're going to win games. And they're, but they're not going to be games the way you want to see them won. You know, they're going to be tight games. They're going to be happy low scoring. They're going to be games that I like to see won, though, that way. Right. But you're not going to want to keep, you're not, you're probably not going to keep rolling Trey Lance. We, yeah. If, we if all know win. by now that I'm like a closet 49ers fan, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The closet's, uh, I think the door came off. You're just, you're <laughs> just sitting in a, in a close in hallway. But, um, so you like Trey Lance? I like Trey Lance. Um, I don't like him in going to fantasy for a moment. 
I don't like him getting taken before. Um, I don't like him getting taken anywhere near around the top 13 guys with, with the bottom one being Derek Carr. So if you told me Derek Carr versus Trey Lance, I'd say Derek Carr every day. With that said, there's a grouping of guys after that that um, that that he falls into. I feel he falls into the grouping afterwards. And I think that Trevor Lawrence is the top one in that grouping, not necessarily because of Trevor Lawrence, but because of Doug Peterson. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, so, like... I, I don't know. I mean, and, and I guess he, with just that statement there, I, I'm putting Trey Lance to, to the lower half of quarterbacks in the league. With with that said, though, I believe that Trey Lance can be a viable starter. Well, it's not about if he's better than Justin Fields. It's about if he's better than Jimmy G, right? He has to be better than Jimmy G. So, yeah. So I believe that. What I mean, I guess, what part of Jimmy G are we comparing to? Like, we we everyone hates Jim G, uh, Jimmy G, but he's he's got re- he wins and he's got a high quarterback rating. Like, so right. I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't like Lance. Maybe I should want the Jimmy G thing to happen. But maybe the 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 media is just so down on Jimmy G as a whole that. Um, that it makes it hard to say that you believe in Jimmy G. Um, with that said, I, I like the dynamic that I like the potential dynamic that Trey Lance can add to this offense. We've already seen those little wide receiver sweet handoffs. Like how much more dangerous could it be if, uh, uh, you know, Debo crosses in front of Trey Lance and Trey Lance at that moment gets to see which way is open if it's this way that's open, Debo sweeps. If it's that way that's open, Trey Lance sweeps, right? But you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So it's the the prospect of that being a thing has me excited to watch 49ers games even more this year. Uh because I know that's not a thing with Jimmy G. So the reason the reason that doesn't do it for me and actually bothers my argument for why I want the under all across the board on Trey Lance. Yep. He is going to be running towards full-grown men coming back at him full steam. It's never, it never works. You never buy a full season if you're trying to run your quarterback. That's not Lamar. You know, because for every Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson that you're going to name, you've got to name your RG3s, Colin Kaepernick. You've got to start naming the guys that take a big shot, and that's it. Um. So is Trey Lance the guy that's – is and I honestly, um, you know, not read into this, don't read into this, whatever you want. But uh, the world is only big enough, and the universe is only so good that there's room for one person per per time. And I think like what's happening here, you only but you're, get one but like you're a Jalen Hurts guy, though. I'm Hurts, but I'm not thinking that he's gonna be like the Lamar quality. Like people are talking about Trey Lance, like he's clearly going to be amazing and all that. I think it's, you can't do that here. You already have Lamar in the league. You don't get two at the same time. Yeah, my whole thing, my thing is Trey Lance is amazing. My my thing is Trey Lance is better than Jimmy G. Okay. 
Um, and it's not even that. It's that uh, I'm excited for the potential. But with that said, 3,500 passing yards sounds like a lot of yards for a quarterback that I think is going to take off. Like, <laughs> and I get he has Debo, but well, well, I mean, let's let's transition it. Uh, I think we're both uh, for very different reasons. I think we're both out on playing any overs with with, with Trey Lance. Yes. But with that's with that said. Uh, Go into Debo Samuel really quick. Well, are you out on Trey Lance's rushing totals? Oh. His rushing totals five thirty for the year and five and five and a half touchdowns. <clears throat> I'm not out on five and a half touchdowns, and I believe he's going to play a full season, or at least most of the season. You know, maybe a three to four game injury stretch. Five thirty rushing yards seems very right. I didn't realize his rushing totals were up. So I would play the overs for rushing for him. Okay. Because that's – I'm not even sure if that's a head pick or a heart pick. Mm. Um, so I will say that it's one of those things where, I don't know, it could be I want this experiment to work. But l- let's be fair. Anybody who's saying great things about Trey Lance – it's because they want it to work. It's not like there's a ton of footage out there that shows that it's going to work. Does that make sense? Right. So, so, to, so to give your case some defense and, uh, you know, I guess also to detract from it a little too, because, you know, uh, there's, there's no thing, there's nothing that says that it won't work either. It, he is a virtual unknown and, and most of us are just picking with our heart or our gut at this point. Right. It would, that would be fair to say, right. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm a I'm out because I just don't see enough. He's too he's too inexperienced. Um, but that that's again, it's not an actual anything that you, I see or anything like that. It's just a, it's heart or gut. And um, um, but, uh, moving on to Debo though, there is no way Debo, regardless of whatever the quarterback situation is, regardless of whether it's thrown down the field or handed off in front, which counts as a reception, which counts as receiving yards. 950 is way too low for Debo. Yeah, the number I thought was way too low for Debo was the five and a half on the touchdown numbers. Yep, that too. Um, because that shovel, you're, you know, you're right. The shovel pass counts as a pass. Yep. And as long as the shovel pass is a pass, you're looking and you're like, oh my gosh, he's going to get five and a half just off that. And he proved he, he he could be a down-the-field receiver last year, too. And, you know, uh, the truth is, yes, okay, has he missed some time with uh, with Trey Lance in this offseason? And has that stuff gone to Brandon Ayuk? Yeah, uh, yes, it has. But we're not – we haven't talked about Brandon Ayuk yet. We're not telling you to not play Brandon Ayuk. We're just telling you you better play Debo. Like, <laughs> uh, this isn't – this doesn't have to be an either-or thing um, because we'll get to that in a, in a moment. But um, – you know, the truth is that when Debo was uh, – Debo had, in the first half of the season, before he was converted to that running back uh, type role, uh, in the second half of the season last year, he had well over 90, uh, 90 targets in the mm-hmm. first half of the season. Debo is a very special talent that does not get talked about enough because Cooper Cup, Jamar, J- uh, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson get, uh, exist in this league. Um. And the truth is, he's probably much closer to any of them than anybody else in the league is to him. 
There, I said it. <laughs> Honestly, I'd argue that he's above one of them in the rankings, if you really think about it. But um, any anything uh, anything to add on Debo? Nothing to add on Debo. I like Brandon Ayuk's number two, seven seven seventy five. Yes, but I, I think that's a good, nice low number because that's that is a real low number. Yeah. In order for him to hit seven seventy five, he has to only average forty five a game. Yep. And it's like that's all you really ask, or fifty five. Sorry, fifty five a game. And it's like you're only asking for fifty five a game from a guy. I mean. That's pretty good because you, you can ex- almost expect that kind of number from a number two from a wide receiver too. Yeah, no, it's uh Brandon like like I said before, just because you're in on Debo doesn't mean you're out on Ayuk, and uh, I'm in on both. And you know, people might once again say that. Uh, well, if you think that you know, they might say to me, if you if you don't have Trey Lance going over thirty five hundred, and you do have him playing the full season, well, why would you why would you not uh, why would you think believe in both and for me, that answer is pretty simple that uh, I don't think that just because I believe that Trey Lance is going to play every game, I don't think that he's going to be the only one throwing passes this year. So <laughs> uh, there are, you know, the, those change of pace packages do happen. And, um, you know, the, the other thing too is may, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not actually counting the yards that were, that are gained by him doing the front handoff, which counts as a pass. And maybe I should be closer to, but it's, it's really hard to evaluate. It's really hard to wrap your head around the hand, uh, the handoff that turns into a reception counting towards the totals, unless you're counting for the specific wide receiver. Does that make sense? Or unless you're a college football fan. Okay. It happens a lot in college football. Um, but, I, you know, I want to be clear. I like Brandon Ayuk's number there. However, I didn't play it. And the okay. reason I didn't play Ayuk's number there is because I want to play Kittle's 820. <clears throat> and I can't play Kittle's 820 and Debo's 950 and, and Ayuk's and still play the under on Trey Lance. So, uh, well, no, yes, you can because you have Jimmy G taken over halfway through the season. Yeah, but I just didn't like it. I didn't think there was a way I could take Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo. So I also I went with Kittle because I think Kittle is more the known commodity. But also, if this offense is going to struggle under her quarterback, outside of Debo, you're going to get a lot of tight end work. So I, I like the eight twenty five for Kittle. I don't like his touchdown number though of five five and a half. I I think that's a little high, but it's so low that you can't bet against it. You know. For me, really, when I'm looking at it. Um... The 825 of Kittle falls neatly into the range um, of um, how many games this is going to miss this year. Is it going to be four or is it going to be six? Does that make sense? Yeah, it uh, does. And for, for me, if you told me it's going to be six, I'm, uh, I'm very hesitant on that number. If you told me it was going to be four, I'd be playing it. But being that I can't predict how long Kittle is going to be injured this year, and being that I know he has he missed an injury year yet? Has he missed a year being injured yet? No. And if he if he has and it hasn't been in a while, so that's why I'm going to not play the Kittle. Um, I would like to jump back to the rushing yards really quick and um, talk about Elijah Mitchell at 900 rushing yards. Do you think that Kyle Shanahan finds a way to screw this up? Or do you think he likes Elijah Mitchell enough and Elijah Mitchell is the type of back who could be ready enough to be the hot hand to Eclipse 900? 
So I'm going to tell you why I don't. I, I like the under better here. One, it's a 49ers running back. Uh, the, the, <laughs> you got to stay healthy for a full year before I'll trust any of you. <clears throat> but also then, uh, I, I think with the deep, if you're going Debo and Trey Lance, if you think that's the way that it goes for at least half the year, then you have to say there's not really much room for a third running option. You know, you're, you're you know what I'm saying? Like, Trey Lance, Debo, you, you don't really need Mitchell as much. So I just didn't like the 900. Okay. Meanwhile, I have to do. Okay. When Elijah Mitchell was healthy last year, I feel like Shanahan made it a point to get him into games more often than the other 49er running backs. I do have questions about Mitchell's health. I feel like, yeah, just because it got better in the second half of last season doesn't mean that the 49ers suddenly are great at staying healthy. <laughs> That's a fair way to put it. I'm, do playing, have to, uh... I'm playing over 900 on Elijah Mitchell. Okay. And I don't have any good reason, so maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, so that's really... That's really what I, I believe that Shanahan looks at him differently than he has looked at any other running back in the past couple of seasons. So, what's what do you got for the win total? Win total, I already said before that I put them on 11 wins, side of the Rams for the division. And Vegas has them at 10, so I'm very comfortable hitting the over for the 49ers. Yeah, give me the over on the 49ers. I'll even want if it creeps a little farther, keep going. Um, I'm taking it at 12 and a half if I have to. Oh, I like it. But uh, now let's talk about the team that um, it was actually pretty hard to find a lot of props for. Because yeah. they, have too, they have too many quarterback questions and too many running back questions. So pretty much the only props I have are for Bant, DK, and Tyler. Everything else is I, I got nothing. So sorry for your Seahawks fan. You're not going to get much time for me. And I'm just going to say this. I'm out on Seattle. I'm completely out on Seattle. I am not. I Seahawks fans, you have the worst team in football. Take it away, Josh. Yeah, your team is really bad. But what I am going to take here is uh, I like no offense over at three and a half touchdowns. Geno Smith or Drew Locke are going to have to rely too heavily there. But I, it is I'm Geno say, Smith. It is Geno Smith. Yeah, but for how long? Oh, Drew, Drew Locke is even worse. Like, I, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so – um. I actually, it, it's hard because I want to say that I'm in on DK's 900 or Lockett's 850 because those are such low numbers for those two players. So the reason I'm, I'm going to say I'm in anyway on both of them. Okay. It, it, because it's just such a low number. You're really asking these guys for like 65 a game from those two. And if Lockett can, you know, how many wide receiver screens can DJ break off in a year? I mean, I, I could, I'm not going to argue against – I didn't say I was playing the unders. I'm just saying that um, – you, you know what? 
I, I, I'll do my rant. It is clearly obvious that the Seattle Seahawks are tanking for the first pick overall. And I don't know who's in on it and who's not. I don't know if Pete Carroll's in on it. We saw the crap that, uh, that you know, we saw the basically when the civil suits came through that the NFL did not sign Brian Flores. They fined the Dolphins anyway, but they did not sign the uh, side of Flores. So therefore, Flores couldn't sue the Dolphins on top of it. Mm-hmm. So Carol might be thinking, well, if it's going to cost me my job, and if I'm not going to be able to sue them for saying no, that maybe I should just go along with this, take the little bonus, get the first pick overall, get the quarterback in the draft, and and start over fresh the following season. Because no one's going to uh, – because that way I won't get fired. Mm. So with that happening, I don't trust Pete Carroll to put the best available team on the field that gives the Seahawks – the uh, the greatest chance for success and when that's when you don't trust an organization to potentially do the right thing because let's face it this Seahawks organization has not done the right thing this offseason by any of its veterans except for bringing back KJ Wright to uh to, to sign a retirement contract they did Bobby Wagner dirty the the DK stuff was drawn out way too long like i I think that uh, the Seahawks showed pretty clearly they're a fairly classless organization this offseason. And that's why I'm avoiding because I don't know what to trust because I don't know who's in on it. Yeah, so uh, the, what, what do you got for a win total? We can just move right past Seattle. They're, they're irrelevant. Uh, it, it says it's five and a half. I have two. I have two wins. Yes. I will say it out loud. I will lower this number to three and a half and play it. Yeah, I I, I also think under this this team is bad, like bad, bad. <clears throat> we don't know if they can beat the Texans. Bad. Oh, they're gonna try to be worse than the Texans, though. So. <laughs> yeah. I think the Texans are. That's the whole thing. I think the Texans are gonna try to be better than the Seahawks mm. are gonna try to be. Uh, I I don't know. Like I, I don't, it's I, I, I'm accusing a team. Though to be fair, I said I, I believe and I think, and so I, I didn't do anything that was technically slander. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm I just don't have a good feel about this year at all. I think it's tanked for yeah. <laughs> but, all right, so. Uh... Let's move on to the other. Oh no, we have to do Chicago first. Uh, Chicago, yeah, 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 yeah. Justin Fields here too. We're kind of excited, actually. He's shown some nice flashes of brilliance in this preseason. Uh, not enough to where I want to play anything on him. Like he's shown enough talent to where I will not play the unders. But he has, but like it's Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, and maybe David Montgomery. Like, we don't know what's going on with Khalil Herbert right now as far as the injury. We don't have uh, full good news on it yet. And um, has any – is there enough of an emergence of weapons for Justin Field for, for you to feel comfortable playing any Justin Field stuff? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to tell you what I'm playing on Justin – what I like on Justin Fields. Okay. Over three uh, over 33.50 in passing yards, over 
3.5 touchdowns, and I also like over three and a half rushing touchdowns. Ooh-wee. Okay, three and a half rushing touchdowns. I can get on board with that. 18 and a half, and I, I basically found myself in a situation where I almost had to take 18 and a half because I also have Cole Komet going over his, and I have Mooney going over for his. All right, so uh, so like a month ago, you said that you think Zach Wilson is the only quarterback that might succeed out of this class. You're clearly having Justin Fields out of this class now, right? Um, well, hold on. We need to clarify two things. One, um, oh, yeah, this is a family-friendly podcast. So insert some choice words right here about Ohio State because we're going into Ohio State-Notre Dame game in about an hour. Um, but uh, I said long-term. I said Zach Wilson's the only quarterback with long-term success out of this draft class. Oh, so you, you're predicting like a Justin Fields injury in like five years. That's what you're saying? Justin Fields is very injury prone. We saw it when he was at Ohio State breaking ribs. Last year we saw it. You know, The guy is injury prone. Will you at least put Trevor Lawrence into this? Uh, into this? No. Uh, no. Okay. All right. Not to that long hair. Not to the long hair hippie gets a haircut. <laughs> so. Yep. Once uh, he gets a haircut. Once he gets a haircut, maybe we'll talk. Zach Wilson gets a haircut every time he uh, he he visits someone's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Wilson's just an MVP wife right now, but uh. Oh man. Okay, so back to Justin Fields for a moment. So, so you're playing a lot of overs, um, and and predicting yeah, I, an awful injury in like five years. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of this Justin Fields kid for okay. this year. Um, and partially, it, it, but I'm going to transition right over to the receiving core. Part of it's Cole Komet. I mean, I'm biased because he went to Notre Dame, but they're finally lining him up the way that Notre Dame did. And we're finally going to get to see him be treated more as just a very slow wide receiver. Because that's the way he is. Like putting him as a, trying to use him as a tight end is never going to work. You're going to have to use him as your very slow white wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was talking to somebody the other day and I said it's almost a reverse, like affirmative action that you have to treat him special. Give him, you know, understand he's not going to be a great receiver. But if you let him have more of the Gronk role, less of the tight end role, you're going to be kind of excited. Because I think well, everybody I mean, would agree, Gronk wasn't a traditional tight end. I, I, I don't think that you're saying anything that anyone's really going to argue you on. Like, everyone's either going to let it go. Like, uh, the amount of people that have Cole Komet as a sleeper tight end this year, it's gotten to a point where if you call Cole Komet a sleeper, you're just being a moron because he's not a sleeper anymore if everyone is talking about him. Right. Everyone is talking about him. So it's really not hard to believe. But I, I'm just going to flat out say it. I believe in Darnell Mooney even more than I believe in Cole Komet. Not saying I hmm. don't believe in uh, in Cole Komet, but uh, 75.5 receptions. Uh, yes, please. I 100% on the over as far as that goes. Going down to the uh, uh, going down to the receiving yards, um, nine hundred and fifty receiving yards. Uh, yes, please. I I believe that Darnell Mooney is the type of guy who could potentially flirt with uh with with over over ninety receptions, uh, getting closer to a hundred than than a lot of people think, and and going up to that uh 
to that, you know, that that nice Brandon Cook sort of level. Does that make sense? Like, I like Dar- mm-hmm. uh, Darnell Mooney to hit that uh, around those Brandon Cooks uh, reception yard numbers. And then, you know, I guess I guess I might as well check. I didn't check the touchdown total before. Um, but if it's low, I guess I have to play it if I'm this high on him. I guess at five and a half, um, I'm not 100% sure. So I, I don't have to play it per se. Um, mm. but, you know, give me a lot of Darnell Mooney and, um, uh, let me just take a double glance at this Cole comment uh, you have, you probably have, yeah, that 585 mm. receiving yards definitely yeah. up on, on, on the Cole comment too. Oh Yeah. I don't know who there is besides those two. Like some people would have you believe that uh, maybe a Vilas Jones Jr. is able to uh, chime in at some point in time and uh, uh, in in the second half of the season or whatnot. It's I know that uh, Graydon certainly believes in Vilas Jones Jr. Um, But I feel like he likes bears a little more than most of us. So, um. And really, when it comes down to it, uh, you, uh, you have uh, Echomaria, St. Brown, and Byron Pringle listed as the starters. Uh, Dante Pettis made the roster. These are not guys who have had a ton of success elsewhere, and have had plenty of opportunity. One thing to note, they, the, they did buff up this defensive line, uh, uh, this offensive line, a little this year. It should be a little better than it has been in previous seasons. So I'm not going to say that it's going to be anything amazing. I'm just going to say that it's going to be better. So if there is someone that emerges, and the emerger could simply be Khalil Herbert when he comes back uh, from injury. I'm not comfortable saying who the emerging Bears wide receiver is at this point. But there could be somebody who helps you fantasy hat for a moment that could could help you be a that could be a league winner on this team that you pick up in the second half of the season uh we've avoided him uh, avoided him up to this point in time david montgomery thoughts i don't like this uh it's 900 i think 900 is really uncomfortable numbers for me so i just avoided it i i don't also know what kind of year we're gonna have for him He's, he's well, it's, it's going to be a boring. It's going to be a boring year because mm-hmm. Montgomery's not an exciting player. Um, with that said, um, I'm not picking the under on 900. Are you? No, I'm. I'm avoiding this one. Yeah, I think that Montgomery will quietly have a season that's good for the Bears. That's a better football season than it is a. Uh, than it is a prop play or a fantasy season. Uh, from from a fantasy perspective, you could probably just put him as RB2 and forget that he's there, and he'll do right by mm-hmm. you most weeks. But if he's going to be your RB1, then, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're in over your head. Um, it, I'm not sure there's a player in the league more boring than David Montgomery because he's uh, he's never going to cost them a game. He's never going to win them a game, but he's going to be part of whatever went right or went wrong. Mm. Right? Yeah. I, I don't really, I mean, to be cautious of our time constraint tonight, I don't really think I have anything else to add to DeMont. I just, jumping right in, boring. Detroit. 
Detroit yeah, well, Lions, Dan Campbell, coach of the year. Well, hold on. What's your over-under total for the Bears? You got to finish oh, it. Oh, my bad. <laughs> They're coming in fourth place in this division, right? What? Yeah, I have them fourth place in this division. Uh, they're they're listed as a six point five win total. It's a five win total for me. Um, I don't. I think there's still a lot of growing pains here too. I think everything we said could be true, and there's still a lot of growing pains. The defense got much worse, in my opinion. So, how about you? Yeah, I I think under five and a half. All right. But uh, Detroit, Dan Campbell. Go ahead. Tell me where this team stinks. What? I want you to tell me where this team is a bottom 15 team. Uh, bottom 15 team? Um, linebacker? Defense as a whole, top 15, though, right? Defense as a whole. Let's consult my chart real quick. I top twenty. So and then offense top fifteen. With a and you know let's be mindful of the fact that there's a quarterback here that uh, has been to a Super Bowl before. Top twenty. Okay. So you're not as high on the lines as I am. No, but I, I'm pretty high on the culture and and uh, and the coach. And we've so, already seen me take a, a a team that had a top six offense and a top five defense and say they don't make the playoffs because so, of the coach. So I think Dan Campbell's the type of coach who who is a legit coach of the year contender. I, the type of coach that I am not putting a, a buck on, but I'm putting five on. And uh, because he's going to will this team into being better than what it is and um, bring them into the playoffs. I have them as a succeed in the NFC. So here's where you're going to lose your mind. I've got this. I got this Detroit team winning the division. Um, I'm not going to lose my mind because you have Detroit going that high. Uh, but I'll, I'll save the losing my mind until we cover the Green Bay Packers last. <laughs> okay. So I just think that, you know, we always, people make fun of golf a lot. They talk a lot bad about him. He's a Super Bowl quarterback. He's an NFC winning quarterback. I pointed that out every single time we've talked about Jared Goff. Like I need, I yeah. need to make this pretty clear. I, I didn't, I'm not the person who's ever been down on golf. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And then you get Swift, Amon St. Brown, Hawkinson. You know, I, I like this team. And I, I think, keep thinking when I'm watching Hard Knocks about the 04 Red Sox that finally broke the curse and how they were just a group of idiots. And guys, like they called themselves affectionately the idiots. They were just guys that enjoyed having fun together and they had a mindset of, we're not very good <clears throat> and we don't care. You know, we're going to go out there and we're going to have fun playing baseball. And I feel like this Detroit team <laughs> is going to be that team that says, we don't care. We're going to go have fun playing football. I, gonna I, pay I agree with that. Uh, and, and I, I think, think there's a lot of room for a lot of excitement on this team, too. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Goff goes, I, I, did, I didn't look at any of Goff's numbers just because uh, th- there's enough to play on this team that uh, where I didn't uh, t- t- take a look. But uh, I, I, I'm 100%. Like, I, I was – I, last year, I was at 
not 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 saying this saying this stuff worked out for me, but I was saying how much Matt how much better is Matthew Stafford going to make the Rams? It's uh, the Rams went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Jared Goff was good enough, and I'm not sure that Matthew Stafford is that much better than Jared Goff. I said stuff like that last year, so I. I ate a, I I ate some crow with Matthew Stafford and I and I am more than willing to admit it. But that that doesn't make me back off my opinion on Jared Goff. I'm not suddenly saying that I'm not going to pretend that Matthew Stafford was good because Jared Goff was bad. I'm holding to Jared Goff as a quarterback that you can win with in this league. So, with that said, I didn't <laughs> yeah. play it because there's enough exciting stuff to play. Like, how about DeAndre Swift over 1,400 total yards? I, I love yeah. Andre Smith over fourteen hundred total yards. Yeah, I want to say real quick. Uh, I did go with the golf over and touchdowns at twenty three and a half. Okay, I, I feel like that's a pretty low number for him right here. Because, but I love DeAndre Swift's fourteen hundred. I'm like that is so low. It, I could realistically see him having that by the by week ten and eleven. You know, you're sitting back wrapped up. Well, th- there's the health issues, be, uh, it, and it's not necessarily because of him. It's because Detroit does play on turf. So at some point in time, DeAndre Swift is going to have some sort of leg injury for for a little bit of time because it's really hard to play 17 games on turf, or or they're going to have to hold him back a little during the course of it when they realize they're going to be on a playoff run. So, um, by the way, uh, let's take this moment to say let's let's just get rid of turf from the NFL completely, like. We lost OBJ in the Super Bowl uh, after his, scoring his first touchdown because of turf. Get rid of the turf. Replace it with grass. Please. Let's just do this. Um, I, I'm done. To, I, I'm done talking about things like FedEx Field. Like, mm. <laughs> But, uh, you know, um, w- but with that said, because of how much receiving upside he has, 1,400 is going to be something that's very easy for him to obtain, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown, 850 yards. So we're just going to ignore the fact that this guy was number two in fantasy for the last six games of the last year because it's an anomaly that teams are going to be ready for him this year and that he, uh, that, um, you know, that, that he's not going to advance, but all the coverages against him are going to advance. Like, I, I, I don't buy any of that at all. That was a rookie that did that. He was mm-hmm. the second best wide receiver in the NFL over the last six weeks of the season. I'm not by 850 is not just low. It's insultingly low. Right. Yeah. I think 850 is very obtainable. I, I looked at that and I, I, I kind of salivated a little bit. And, and I also think his five and a half touchdown numbers too low too. <clears throat> Again, I'm not sure how they're going to play in close. Uh, but we do know that uh, w- when they got their first win last year, it was because mm-hmm. Jared Goff completed a miracle pass to Amon Ross St. Brown at the end of the game that scored. So so I guess we should like the over five and a half because we know that Jared Goff likes him. And, you know, Jamison Williams isn't coming back before at least halfway through the season. Uh, so anything, Amon Ross St. Brown might dominate his opponents over the course of the first half of the season and be really, really good over the second half as the Lions offense gets better. So uh, the 78 and a half receptions over. Uh, Yeah, five and a half touchdowns over and the insulting 850 yards completely over. Um, Some people have the buzz going DJ Chark's way. 
for wide receiver two. Um, really, when it comes down to it, my, my question is, if you're supporting Amon Ross St. Brown and you're supporting TJ Hawkinson and you're supporting DeAndre Swift in the past game and the second half of the season, you're, you're going to have Jamison Williams on the field. I don't think anyone is I, – I think that you could have people who step up and become an important part of this offense during the first half of the season, but I believe a lot of whatever that is is going to get uh, – or at least a decent portion of whatever that is is going to get transferred over to Williams when he comes back. So are you comfortable playing anything season long with anyone else? And do you have a guy that you like more between DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds? Uh, no and no. Okay. So, uh, so we're not in on the DJ Chark sleeper here. I know some people are, but don't need to be. Mainly because I think that there's enough weapons because it's not just, this isn't Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet and David Montgomery. You could argue that you line these guys up across. Uh, Amon Ra is Mooney's superior. Hawkinson is Komet's superior. And Swift is versus Montgomery is absolutely laughable. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So uh, just going to Hawkinson real quick, because we mentioned him. Um, TJ Hawkinson, all the way down at the bottom of the list. Seven, uh, 700 yards, 4.5 touchdowns. 700 yards, 4.5 touchdowns. Well, definitely give me the over on the 4.5. Um. I think that 700 yards really comes down to if he misses any time. Mm. So I'm not going to play it. Okay. Good. Let's uh, let's go out of out of order here. And uh, oh, sorry. What do you have for the win total? Uh, win total. I have them beaten the win total. As a matter of fact, I like the 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 Jets, Jaguars, and the Lions, uh, and, and the Lions in a three-team parlay to beat their win total. I'm just going to say that right there. Um, That's how comfortable I feel about them all beating them, partially because their win totals are all freakishly low, and I see the room for improvement. Six and a half on the win total. I have this team at 10 wins, so (laughs) I could up it to eight and a half and be comfortable. How about you? I haven't won in the division, so obviously I'm over six and a half. Yeah. All right. Minnesota Vikings. Uh, no more Don Zimmer. Offense gets opened up. Kirk Cousins and interception total goes up. Probably his passing yards, too. Mm-hmm. Does that sound fair? I'm playing yep. the over on Cousins, passing yards, and interceptions. So I don't think that it's uh, – that opening up this offense necessarily means that you're going to get a better version of this offense. I think you're going to uh, get a version that could potentially be more of what this team already is a team that can go out and compete any given week, as far as in a shootout and potentially shoot itself in the foot at the point in time when it needs uh, to be most effective. Okay. So um, with that said, um, yeah, I already said over on the yards, uh, this offense is, could potentially support uh, fantasy half for a moment, could potentially support three relevant fantasy wide receivers. Uh, right now, it's what uh, is it? KJ Osborne ranked third in the depth chart. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like, let's, let's be unorthodox here and start with Jalen Rager, though. 
Any chance John Rager unseats KJ Osborne as the number three? Yeah, well, I'd receive it three, sure. Anything could happen down there. So I, I like Rager in this offense. I'm just going to say that. So I'm going to put a little sleeper tag on him and not going to go into it too much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely believe that uh, the t- talent-wise it is on Rager's side. And stay there at that. Okay. Justin Jefferson. How ridiculous are these numbers on here? 1,350 receiving yards. Yes, please. I will take the over on 1,350 <laughs> receiving yards. I think this offense is going to be opened up. I do think that it'll be more turnover prone as a result of it. But at the same time, um, there is no reason to think that uh, he, he cannot eclipse 1,500 in, a, in an offense that's opened up this year. Okay. Any thoughts on Jefferson? Do we, and uh, probably a recept- uh, touchdown total, too. Do you have that in front of you? Uh, nine and a half. Nine and a half? It's a little rich for me to want to play it. Uh, I could easily see him doing it, but I I don't like playing more than nine when it comes to a touchdown. You get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's big. So anything, Justin Jefferson, before we jump to Thielen? Uh, no, I, I think Jefferson's 1,300 is – it's high for it's it's high enough that I don't want to play that, um, but it's low enough where I can see where you you do nine and a half. I think is too high. But uh, going at a few one, it's weird to me to see his numbers at seven fifty for yards and seven point five for touchdowns. Yeah, so this is utterly ridiculous that Adam Thielen is being put be, uh, below a thousand yards. Like, uh, like, and uh, you know, one thing, yeah, I, I'm guessing this. Kurt Cousins yard total that I didn't even bother to check that 4,200. Yeah, yeah. That that's a really low number for a transition from a, uh, uh, from a conservative defensive coach to an offensive minded head coach. So 14, uh, 4,200 is, is too low. 750 is hilariously low for Thielen. And I know you don't love the 1350, but for an, a talent that elite, that's just going to be chucking it up. Um, I love it. Like there's Vikings pass catchers. There's no reason not to love Pat Vikings pass catchers this year. Mm. Um, with that said, are you in or out on Irv Smith? Uh, clearly you're in on Adam Thielen by what you said, right? Yeah. Irv Smith. I'm indifferent on, I know that's a dangerous thing to say, um, but it's just absolute complete indifference for me. Well, I'm just going to say this. I don't think that we've actually seen enough from uh, Kirk Cousins trying to make a tight end work in his offense. Mm-hmm. And when you consider the fact that um, that Jalen Rager right now is probably the fourth, uh, is probably the best wide receiver four in football. KJ Osborne is a solid wide receiver three. I You have both backs can pass catch in Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Why is the tight end even going to be on the field other than blocking for uh, most of the time, right? Like, yeah. So, I, I I will say that I am not uh, I I am not playing anything Irv Smith related as a result of all that. Um, 
and so now that brings us to our running backs. Um, I'm curious. Does Dalvin Cook end up in a platoon with Alexander Madison this season? I think Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook. We're going to end up seeing more Madison, more Madison than anybody really wants to at some point during the year. <clears throat> I'm just going to keep it quick because we've got we got 20 left to finish the other t- the other teams too. But uh, no, I don't think it's going to be a platoon role because I think Cook's going to be Cook when he's healthy, and when he's not, Madison's going to be Madison. And we're going to look back and be like, "Yeah, that was fun." Okay, I think that Madison's going to sneak in a little, but that's not going to prevent me from playing anything as far as Cook goes. Obviously, the important number for Cook, in my opinion, is going to be the rushing plus receiving yard number because um, it, because he's a back that can do it. At 1,500, I'm not 100% sure that there's enough games in the season for me to say I'm definitely smashing it over the 1,500, especially mm-hmm. when I feel that we might see an Alexander Madison uh, one every four series or so. And um, and uh, obviously from the standpoint that that just makes me not want to play Dalvin Cook, not that it wants me to play Alexander Madison. Right. So uh, let's go with a win total on the Vikings really quick. And... After that, we will jump into the fun that is the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Minnesota is at nine, uh, is, at, is at a nine win total, and uh, I have them at eight. And um, yeah, so I would play the under. Yeah, I'm also under because, but um, yeah, I'm just under. But now, now Green Bay teams okay. that we you like, I don't. Yeah. Um, well, I mean. I guess I'll just I, I, I guess since your 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 take is I, I think both of our takes are would be considered hot takes. You, yours is a much hotter take than mine. Mine's is like beach during the summer hot take and yours mm-hmm. is like um like uh the devil's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so so I guess I'll start with mine. Uh I I don't think there's anything to worry about with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, with that, with the return of Jair Alexander to the defense, with Eric Stokes in, in year two, with uh, a further developer, Sean Gary, with uh, the additions of two members of that Georgia D to uh, to that defense, this is legitimately uh, a team that could say that they're the best defense in football. Uh, sparking mild argument because, you know, you still have a few other teams, but uh from that standpoint, it's they're definitely a top five defense. Um, we've seen Aaron Rodgers without the uh, Devonte Adams uh, for seven game stretch during the Matt Lafleur era. During that uh, during that time, they are six and one. Rodgers throws for almost three hundred yards a game and threw for nineteen touchdowns in those seven games. So just shy of three touchdowns, just. Uh, like two yard, three yards shy of three hundred yards. Um, we also know that uh, Lafleur seems to think very highly on the running back duo, and we've seen Aaron Jones' efficiency numbers skyrocket when Devontae Devonte Adams uh, was out. I think that this is between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. We're talking about a very t- special two running back season, and um, that's why I'm not overly concerned about the oh, the state of the receiver core. Uh, without the Devontae Adams uh, during the LaFleur era, 
Uh, we haven't seen we have. It's not like these receiving cores were really any better than what it is currently now. You could actually argue that this current receiver core is better than those receiving cores in which the Packers went six and one. So, um, so my argument isn't actually for Aaron Rodgers. My argument is for the running backs are too good. The team knows how to play without Adams. LaFleur is too good. And the defense is too good. To not be a team that finishes second in uh, second in the NFC. Uh, yeah, I just said the receiving course way too. I think the receiving course dropped off too much. Well, and I think running two or minus Adams though. Yeah, without Adams. Who who's your number one right now? Who was the number one when Adams was? Uh... When, when Adams missed seven games during the Florida era, it was Aaron Jones. Okay, so you're gonna give it to a you're gonna give it to your running back. It worked. When was the last time two running backs actually won you anything? When they're both pass catchers, I don't know. Um the the Atlanta Falcons made the Super Bowl uh, with with a highly efficient uh, Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. And outside of that one. My po- my point is just that two running backs doesn't do it. You need to have the deep threat. Who's the deep threat on this team? You you're just going to you you obviously don't like either of the rookies in Watson or Dobbs, right? Right. Despite the training camp. Uh, not not just training camp, but the, just despite a very good summer from both. Well, no, to, to be fair, Watson wasn't a very great summer. He his mark was more injury marred. Uh, uh, marred. Um, mm-hmm. does it? But they they. But my point is, they won these games without Adams before. So, what's your thought process then on? <clears throat> Sorry, um, you know Rogers. You think Rogers is actually still Aaron Rogers? You don't think he's taking a step back at all? You think Tom Brady's still Tom Brady? Yeah, but Tom Brady's not out there popping psychedelic mushrooms <laughs> and, dehi- and dehydrating his body for five days or four days, and not eating for twenty-one. <clears throat> I don't that- think uh, there's any reason to question the the reigning two-time MVP on. Whether he still has it, okay. That that's that that's that's the big part of the argument, right? Like, mm-hmm. so 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 why why where is this Packers team going to fall apart to where it's last place in the division, below the Bears? You're okay. So when I say below the Bears, that's kind of that's kind of you know tongue in cheek. They're 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 going to beat the Bears. I mean, but I can still just make the Packers fans really mad when they when they hear me say it. Okay, so your take isn't as ridiculously hot as you made it out to be. You just have this team missing the playoffs around 500 then. Yeah, below below 500 missing the playoffs. Okay. <clears throat> and So maybe my take is actually a little hotter because I don't think there's anything wrong. And I, I know that everybody else is saying there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's something to be worried about here. So, 
So maybe I do have the hotter take. I don't know. Wait, guys, show uh, comments. Uh, you know, those watching this on YouTube, whose take is crazier? Mine or Josh's here? Like, honestly, I kind of want to know. Uh, I want to <laughs> know the whole, the, it, it, are the Packers closer to being uh, below 500, not in the playoffs, or are they closer to being no problems whatsoever? Because it's pretty clear that neither one of us share a majority opinion on this. No. No, we do not. It, so with that, I, you know, four, uh, 40, uh, sorry, 4,050 for Rodgers. I want that under. The 31 and a half touchdowns, I really want that under. But let's go for the quarterbacks we talked about tonight. Aaron Rodgers is below Kyler Murray, below Kirk Cousins. Then he's, uh, he's 400 above Jared Goff. And he's below Matthew Stafford. You know, you're, you're talking about the reigning MVP, and you're you're putting his numbers below four of the eight quarterbacks we just talked about, which I think is a mistake. I think Vegas wants to, you to buy into the narrative that that Aaron Rodgers uh, doesn't have a wide receiver one, so therefore can't be effective, and they want you to forget that he has two really good pass catching backs on his team. Uh, who are going to so so that they can make a lot of money on on people playing the under on Aaron Rodgers? Okay, I would say this: you don't have to listen to me on there's no problem, but save yourself the money of betting the under. Just ignore it. That is but always an option. We 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 learned <clears throat> we learned that you don't bet against Tom Brady. Right. Some of us learned it the hard way. I would venture to say that th this guy is probably at the end of his career is probably going to be remembered, you know, a decade later is gonna probably going to be remembered as a top five quarterback of all time. Maybe we shouldn't bet against him either. I would not put him top five all time. He's in the discussion. Yeah, but I'm not putting him there. But um, there are people that put him above it, Peyton Manning. Not me, but there are people that put him above Peyton Manning. So I think the um, and as far as the oh, I'm actually, over on the touchdown number for the record too. By the way, not okay. the not the yard number though. And I'm saying for the uh, for the running backs, I hate them both because they're both right around that 800 rushing yards, six and a half touchdowns. Well, what about the um, what about the, the thirteen hundred yards for uh, combined yards for Aaron Jones? So here's where here's where I'm at. I had to I avoided everything on both these running backs. Okay. Because I don't know what you're doing, and I don't think a split core is going to work because you're going to end up with somebody. You're going to end up with a Kamara Ingram situation, where one of them is clearly your one, the other one's your two. I don't know which one's the one. I don't know which one's the two. I believe that, that we're going to see them on the field at the same time more often than uh, than most people expect at this point. So I have no problem playing the 1,300 over on Aaron Jones. Uh, A.J. Dillon doesn't have a rushing receiving total. I feel very funny playing just rushing for either of these guys, uh, mainly because it's it, be, because of what you said, the uncertainty. But as far as if, if he had a rushing receiving total – I would be willing to look at that, but it's not there, so I can't look at it. So I, I do like the 1,300 over on Aaron Jones combined. 
I'm I'm with you in not trusting any wide receivers for the record. I, I need that to be pretty clear. I just think that I just think that uh, this this defense is going to be too good. Okay. Does that make sense? Like it, it mm-hmm. it's one of those things where so I'm not gonna tell anyone to you should you should trust Alan Lazard or you should trust Romeo Dobbs. Uh, I've stashed Romeo Dobbs in a couple of leagues, hoping to find a trade partner. Nobody bit when I put him on the block. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm curious to find out where are these leagues where people are cashing Romeo Dobbs for for a first round draft pick, and how I get into them because like, <laughs> because I I I just I, I just tend to feel that there are times that the people that I play with are too savvy uh, too, too good of fantasy football players and this is including guys who don't do all that well in in, in some of the leagues like um, you, you, you get what I'm saying I I, mm-hmm. I get the feeling that with some of these stories that you see on Twitter that um, people who don't do well in our leagues would just do would just be winners in other leagues. Does that make right. sense? <laughs> yep. Um, and easily too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, I do kind of like Big Bob Tanyan, but at the same time, we don't have official, we don't even have an official word whether he's starting week young, uh, week one. Um, he, he did do it two years ago. It's not that long ago. I know it feels like a lifetime ago when, that he was the number four tight end in football, but he it was literally just two years ago. You can look it up. It was 2020. <laughs> um, it doesn't feel like it, but um, so yeah, that's uh, so if I was going to play, uh, so yeah, I'm not touching Packers receivers, but I will mm-hmm. say this. Um, hit the Packers defense special teams late in your draft. Uh, Rashawn Gary, you want to you want a fun outside play for, you know, really no one's going to win defensive player of the year other than uh, uh, unless your name is Parsons, Donald, Watt, or Garrett this year. But if you want a fun outside play, you can get uh, you, you you can get uh, three thousand uh, three uh, plus three thousand on Rashawn Gary because he really is the real deal as far as edge rushers. His, his the amount of pressures that he puts on quarterback is. Uh, is unreal ridiculous for how much hasn't converted into stats. So, um, but yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, that's that, uh, win totals. We've already, I mean, we don't even need to bring We'll tell you what the win total that they have. I think it's pretty clear that we both said what our win totals were already. Um, it's at 11. Oh, wow. I guess I have to clarify because, because I didn't say, um, yeah, I'm going to say that, uh, I, I'm playing the over. They're over on eleven. When when I mapped out everything for the NFL, I put the Bucks on thirteen, and I put the Packers and the Colts on twelve. Okay. Well, yeah, and uh, I'm under. But uh, any any closing remarks here for this one? Uh, no, nothing as far as that goes. I know that uh, we need to get quickly to a, uh, a, a Notre Dame, Ohio State uh, uh, game for you. So, uh, uh, so let's uh, just wrap this up. Uh, remember, everyone, uh, like, subscribe, follow, comment. Please comment on the whole Packers take uh, uh, thing. Like, we, we really want to know, like, who, which one of the two of us do you think is crazier? <laughs> yeah, we do want to know. Yeah, because because we know we're we're both kind of feeling like like we're a little crazy at this point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
so uh yeah uh, so yeah uh so like subscribe comment uh follow on all social media facebook twitter instagram tiktok uh youtube and uh, just thank you so much for being a part of the channel for our audience thank you for being a part of this community uh join us join us on the thursday night live show come on now let's make this thing a ha uh make this thing happen and uh if if it goes well maybe we'll do some more live shows during the course of the season it would be fun right yeah yeah. Okay, so, uh, but, you know, and remember, if you're going to gamble, gamble responsibly, please do not, you know, know what you put, know, know where you put it, uh, uh, everything in moderation, make, you know, make sure that is a hobby and not a vice. So just do it responsibly. Anything you want to add to that? No, just, you know, if, if it's a problem, stop, you know, yeah. and, and if you can't stop, get help. There's, I mean. It's pretty. We can say it's easy. it's not that easy to stop, but ooh, it's good generally. It's just clicking a lock account or report problem button on the app that you're using. Yep. There's a lot of fail safes because, frankly, they you know they want they want to take your money, but they don't want to be the reason why you end up institutionalized. So. Right. <laughs> um so yeah once again just uh be responsible in everything you do every everything in moderation and uh, just make sure that uh you know uh just make sure that you're being responsible this whole season whether it comes down to gambling or uh if you had one too many while watching it at the sports bar uh, you know uh call a taxi or a ride share or something like that let, let, let's make this a responsible happy and healthy nfl season for everyone uh Guys, thank you. Remember, tune in one final time to uh, uh, for our Aaron Rodgers takes. Uh, we, we honestly do want to know. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I really do want to know. And uh, yeah, so uh, now we we shall be signing off. And, you know, this is the time where normally a, a shot is fired or a funny take is given. But uh, I'm just going to simply say it. Are you ready for some football? Are you? Yes.